It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the... Take a seat, you're perfectly fine. Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation. Hey, this is great, man. Now, here's your host, Radical Russ Belleville. Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-toking lovers of liberty. It is Friday, August 26, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Welcome to the weekend. We made it through another complete week. Getting toward the end of summer here in beautiful Legal Potland, Oregon. Some nice temperatures outside. It's in the 90s outside, I understand. It's uh, getting hot here in the Pacific Northwest, hot all over the country, and uh, unfortunately wet in some of the places of the country. Not only have I seen the flood pictures coming out of Louisiana, but now some pictures coming out of Iowa uh, on the flooding there. And uh, a lot of this, a lot of the severe weather, you know, we've, we just suffered the hottest month ever recorded, the month of July 2016, hottest ever recorded and we're going to continue to see all of this you know terrible weather patterns and more extreme weather uh, as we continue to suffer the effects of burning off fossil fuels uh, on this planet and of course those of us in the marijuana movement know what the answer is it's the liberation of industrial hemp and the embracing of alternative fuel technologies uh, hemp we got so much we can do with that the the latest uh, understanding of what we can do with hemp fibers in creating cheap battery technologies is going to unleash wind it's going to unleash solar on a way that we've never seen before a scale we've never seen before and uh, i'm excited to be a part of that movement i'm excited that you're here with us celebrating this movement all that's happening lots of new developments going on uh, as you've been uh, following my twitter account at radical rush you probably recognize i've been writing my ass off because i finally have a new outlet for all my blogging it's at weednews.co weednews.co is going to be the punk rock of marijuana uh, <laughs> marijuana aggregation sites. Man, we got some great writers out there. Johnny Green, Anthony Johnson, Miggy420 is joining us. Uh, we're excited about that. Check it out at weednews.co. But coming up on the show today, I'm excited because we've got some amazing guests and some amazing breaking news to bring you here on the show. Coming up at half past in our Canada Business Chronicles, we're going to speak with Maya Elizabeth. She's with Whoopi and Maya. That probably rings a bell, right? Whoopi Goldberg and Maya Elizabeth, their new company to provide uh, marijuana products designed for women and their particular needs, uh, particularly menstruation, periods. Uh, let's let's just be open and honest about it. It sucks. So uh, we'll talk to Maya about the new company. But then 
Following that interview in our Cultivator's Corner, we're going to go out live to Salem, Oregon by phone to speak with Don Morse, who's helping to organize the Oregon State Fair's cannabis display, the winning cannabis plants, nine different winning cannabis plants in hybrid, sativa, and indica are on display right now at the State Fair in Oregon. <laughs> Fairgoers will look at them like they'd look at the Jersey cow or they'd look at the uh, the hog that some kid raised. They are looking at cannabis plants like they were rutabagas or potatoes or anything else. We're going to go live down there and talk to them, see what's going on. We'll also be talking with one of the growers down there, one of the winners uh, of the uh, – three prizes. There was a, a first, second, third place kind of thing going on there for the sativas, indicas, and the hybrids. And uh, we'll talk to Jason. He's one of the uh, winning growers down there. Also coming up in hour two, Toker Talk Radio, we've got my short interview with Vivian McPeak backstage at the Seattle Hemp Fest, the last of our Seattle Hemp Fest highlights. <laughs> Uh, we almost got a whole four minutes with them. <laughs> and we'll also have some ranting to do about stoners against legalization down there in California, claiming that Prop 215 is all about compassion. Legalization is all about greed. I've got the facts to disprove it. It's all coming up in the next two hours here on the Russ Belville Show. This is the Russ Belville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Previously on the Stoner Jesus Show. Uh, St. Peter auditioning to be the Microsoft Weed Software uh, spokesman. Hey, this is St. Peter for Microsoft they track weed? Does that mean they're going to like track the weed? Is that what this is about, Jesus? I'm not going to be tracked, Jesus. I'm not going to have my fucking weed tracked, and I'm not going to have fucking Microsoft track me back to my fucking house through my weed to where they fucking spied on people with that goddamn Xbox camera. Fuck this. Fuck Microsoft. Fuck this bullshit. The Stoner Jesus Show, live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Or find the Stoner Jesus Show podcast on demand at CannabisRadio.com and StonerJesus.net. Peace, bitches. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I am a round peg in a square hole. Okay, maybe you're high, too. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. 
trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, August 26, 2016. Carson City, Nevada. The Nevada Attorney General says, quote, None of us care if a 60-year-old baby boomer is smoking marijuana at home, end quote, but nonetheless opposes the initiative on the ballot to legalize adult use of marijuana. Attorney General Adam Laxalt told KOLO-TV that the initiative was written by big money out-of-state interests and contains, quote, no provisions to keep edibles out of the hands of children, end quote, referring to the marijuana-infused cookies, candies, and such that are a large proportion of the legal adult cannabis market. Quote, there have been many reported deaths and overdoses from children that unknowingly ingested edibles, stated Laxalt, in clear contradiction to the truth, as cannabis is non-toxic and incapable of producing a fatal overdose. Laxalt is joined by the Nevada Sheriffs and Chiefs Association and others in law enforcement who oppose the measure. Hot Springs, Arkansas. Legalizing Arkansas medical marijuana would be a drain on the state's resources, Governor Asa Hutchinson said Thursday while speaking to the Association of Arkansas Counties. Hutchinson, the former head of the Federal Drug Enforcement Administration, said he was concerned about the cost of regulation and enforcement if voters approve legalizing marijuana for some patients. Quote, you can imagine the enforcement issues, the regulatory issues that are involved in this, the Republican said. I do not see any tax boon to the state. I see more of a tax drain to the state, end quote. Melissa Fultz, the head of Arkansas for Compassionate Care, which is behind the measure approved for November, said regulation would also be covered by taxes and license fees. David Couch, the sponsor of the measure still being reviewed, said fees and taxes in his proposal would more than pay for the cost of regulating marijuana, adding, quote, it's going to be revenue positive, end quote. Denver, Colorado. A 15-year-old Colorado boy who helped pass a law requiring schools to allow students to use medical marijuana has died. Jack Split used marijuana to treat pain from cerebral palsy, and he and his mother, Stacy Lynn, began pushing for what ultimately became known as Jack's Law after a school employee ripped a skin patch delivering cannabis-derived medication off his arm in February 2015. Lynn told the Denver Post that Split's debilitating muscle contractions worsened Wednesday, and he died just days after starting classes at Wheat Ridge High School. The law, which was signed by Governor John Hickenlooper in June, requires schools to allow a parent or caregiver to administer medical marijuana on campus. School officials opposed the law, fearing they could lose millions in federal funds for allowing the use of a drug illegal under federal law. But parents told lawmakers about how their children were unable to attend school because of the ban on marijuana treatments. New Jersey also requires that school accommodate medical pot as long as it is in a non-smokable form and is administered by a nurse or caregiver. 
Portland, Oregon, a celebrity-branded cannabis corporation and an activist group dedicated to minority empowerment in the industry, are teaming up to provide three hours of free legal help for people to clear marijuana convictions from their records. Marley Natural, the cannabis brand run by Privateer Holdings in association with the estate of Bob Marley, is working with the Minority Cannabis Business Association to hold what they call Rise Up Expungement Day from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday in Portland. MCBA Chairman Jesse Horton said, quote, by giving back through Rise Up, Marley Natural is an example of a cannabis company that is getting all aspects of cannabis business right, so we don't just build another industry, we build a better industry, end quote. Despite marijuana being legal in Oregon, a previous record of conviction can still carry stigma that impedes getting a job or housing, for instance. Phoenix, Arizona. As expected, opponents of Arizona's Proposition 205 to legalize marijuana have appealed their recent Superior Court loss to the Arizona Supreme Court. At issue is a claim by the opponents that the 100-word summary of the initiative fails to detail all the ways marijuana laws would change in the state. Maricopa County Superior Court Judge JoLynn Gentry rejected the suit last week because they have no legal standing to sue. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Friday, August 26, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you, and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The political climate is at a fever pitch. And the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward. And Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com and the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, The Path to Cannabis Freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we take a look at the state of Montana, which is really facing a decimation of its medical marijuana. 
Uh, we hear a lot here in the Pacific Northwest about how medical marijuana has been, quote unquote, destroyed in uh, Washington state. It, it hasn't. It still exists. Uh, you can still get medical marijuana. Um, but uh, there have been a lot of changes and a lot of people are upset about these changes in the Pacific Northwest. But when you compare them to what's going on in Montana, uh, there's not a whole lot of room for complaint uh, in Montana. They had their legislature repeal their medical marijuana program. It was gone. It was going to be gone until the governor saved it through a veto. He saved medical marijuana through a veto. So in response, they passed this bill in uh, 2011 that restricted medical marijuana caregivers to three patients. So like if you were taking care of yourself, if you were growing for yourself, there's one, and then you could grow for two other people. That's it. Previously, with the caregiver clause in the medical marijuana law passed in 2004, that had evolved into the wink-wink, nudge-nudge dispensary system where I'm not a storefront. I'm a caregiver for a whole bunch of people coming into my place where I store marijuana. But I'm not a storefront. I'm a caregiver. But at least that way, people were still getting their medicine. And the medical marijuana program ballooned to over 30,000 patients with over 3,000 or 4,000, I think it was over uh, 3,000 providers, uh, a.k.a. growers, right, Uh, caregivers and such. So this bill that passed in 2011 cut that out, just killed the dispensaries, made it so you could only grow for yourself and two other people, and puts this requirement on doctors so that if they recommend for more than 25 patients in a given year, they automatically get audited by the medical board. So that scared a lot of the doctors from wanting to write out, you know, medical recommendations. Now, there was a veto referendum on this, and it failed because it's one of those weird things where you had to vote no to say yes, vote yes to say no, and everyone was confused. And so that failed to stop this bill. There's been a lot of lawsuits to try to stop this bill, and it's kept it from going into effect for five years, but they've run out of options now. And as of the end of this month, as of August 31st is the last day, folks, it's the 26th today. They're five days away from the end of medical marijuana as they know it in the state of Montana. They've got 13,000 patients. They're down from the 30,000 they used to be, but there's 13,000 patients now. And there's about 400, I think it was like 447 providers. Each of those providers, again, is only going to be able to provide for themselves and two other people. That works out to around, what is it, 12, 13, 1400 patients out of about 13,000 literal decimation reduction to a factor of one tenth, the actual, you know, Greek root decimation, 13,000 patients provided for going to go down to about 1300. So there's this initiative and it's on the ballot in Montana. I one eighty two to undo that. So there could be dispensaries again and actually codified into the law that, yeah, you can get reimbursed. This can be an industry and taking away that oversight on the doctors, that unnecessary, you know, uh, sort of Damocles hanging over them uh, if they happen to recommend for too many sick people. So that's on the ballot. I-182 is on the ballot. And the intent was that we could go vote for that in Montana, pass that law, and the patients would have caregivers again now mind you they're gonna to have to survive through september they're going to survive through october before we hit november 8th so there's one month two months and another week that they're gonna to have to get by 
before we can pass that I-182, right, and help them out? Well, here's the bad news to the story. Associated Press reports today there was a clerical error in the drafting of two different versions of I-182 that has made it so that some parts of the bill go into effect immediately, while others don't go into effect until June 30th, 2017. So those patients that were waiting for September and October are going to have to wait for November and December and January and February, March, April, May, June 30th. So another 10 months, 10 months, they're going to have to get by in Montana with one tenth of the legal providers they are allowed uh, or, or, or had been currently dealing with because of a simple technical error in the drafting of a bill. have any dope and what did i just smoke so let's hope i-182 passes let's hope that right after it passes and it passes by a big enough margin there can be some political momentum like we had here in oregon to have some sort of early fix to an obvious problem if the people support it that obviously why wait till june 30th i hope the montana legislature gets the hint if they hate pot so much i doubt they will Happy 420, Montana. Maui Wowie. Acapulco Gold. California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. 
Today in the Drug War Data Mines, we're going to take a little bit of a venture outside of our normal subject of cannabis and talk about the subject of vaping. Uh, something is on my mind because I was recently back in Idaho where vape stores in Idaho are like where you'd see dispensaries in Portland. You know how you, in Portland you'd be driving down the street like, oh, yeah, dispensary. No, oh, look, another dispensary. Oh, there's one right there. It's the same with vape stores in Boise. It was crazy what was going on there. And and I'm thinking, well, obviously this isn't, you know, uh, uh, cannabis vaping, right? So it must be, are, are people really that into the nicotine and the nicotine vaping? Well, this new study that's out shows that at least among the kids, no, no, they're not. They're not vaping nicotine. They're not vaping cannabis. In fact, the study finds that two thirds of the kids that are vaping out there are just vaping flavors. <laughs> There's no drug to it at all. <laughs> they're just they're getting the razzleberry and the and the strawberry and the key lime pie or whatever the hell they're vaping and just enjoying the flavor of it and enjoying the act of inhaling it and exhaling it and I don't know looking cool I guess. <laughs> it's amazing we've we got a teenage drug fad that's taking off here that's not even a drug <laughs> it's just it's just inhaling flavor it's flavored uh gas well it's not well technically it's gas oxygen's a gas right so <laughs> it's just i think this is hilarious uh, as they take a look at this right because a lot of the complaint about e-cigs and vaping is that oh my god it's going to lead kids to smoking and it's going to let them disguise cannabis use uh in the classroom and so forth but what they found here is that uh the vaping even among uh the youth here is about 25 percent that are using nicotine so one out of four out of these kids so you got 66 percent of them two-thirds right that are just using flavoring. They get another 25% that are vaping with nicotine. And then they have a remainder there, and I think it was something like 9%, something like that, where, uh, oh, no, here it is, 7% uh, vaped with uh, marijuana, right? So uh, amazing here. He said only uh, 13 to 20% said they last vaped nicotine with the highest percentages in older teens. So the younger kids more likely to be just vaping flavors. 7% marijuana, 10% didn't know. Now that's a little frightening. <laughs> Kids are just, hey, suck on this, and they're just inhaling it and not knowing what they're getting. That's a little troublesome. And there are some uh, uh, interesting stats that go along with this, that youth vaping now is more popular than cigarette smoking. There are more kids out there that are vaping and consider that the more of these kids that are vaping, most of them are just vaping flavors. It's more common than cigarette smoking at this point. And yet we have most of the state laws and the federal government imposing these laws that uh, ban the sales of these East, these vape devices to kids because of supposedly it's going to be this uh, gateway effect to actual smoking. But according to the uh, researchers here, he said that uh, there are some parents that are taking their kids to the vape stores as a harm reduction measure. They'd rather see their kids vaping some, you know, watermelon flavored, uh, uh, whatever than smoking cigarettes. 
And the the problem they've got here is that there's some lack of consistency on the labeling. But again, I think this owes to it being a, a moral crusade against it because it looks like smoking because it evokes the same feelings as smoking. And I have a feeling that's why a lot of the kids are doing it. See, I don't think kids are stupid. I think they're reckless and impulsive, but I don't think they're stupid necessarily. And if you give them the right information, they can make the right decisions. And they've gotten the information on cigarette smoking. They clearly understand that cigarette smoking is harmful and unattractive. It, the cachet of it has been changed. It used to be something that the, the cool rebel and the sexy outsider would do. Now it's something that the addicted loser does. It's something that the downtrodden and the poor do. It's not held up into any sort of esteem. Vaping, though, it returns to that era of prestige, returns to that idea of looking cool and having that puff of cloud coming out, being all cool and rebellious without the attendant health harms that you got from trying to be a rebel with your cigarette smoke. We're finding more kids are vaping than are smoking cigarettes. More kids smoke marijuana than smoke cigarettes. More kids smoke marijuana than binge drink. The information is getting to the children. They're starting to understand what are the safer choices. And this is the important part of the discussion is that the choices need to be safer choices, not just abstinence. And it's okay to teach kids that maybe they should be abstinent from things, that maybe it's best for them to wait until their brains are developed before they try marijuana or alcohol or nicotine, or for that matter, caffeine. Way too many parents feed their kids way too much caffeine in my opinion i see them in the malls <laughs> there's argument for that there's legitimate argument for that abstinence nothing wrong with that but don't let that be the only choice and understand that teaching harm reduction teaching safer choices in addition to the safest choice of abstinence is responsible parenting it's responsible adult parenting all right, we're back with Maya Elizabeth from Whoopi and Maya right after these messages. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. 
Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of the Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. Mark Twain once said that when there's a gold rush, it's a good time to be in the pick and shovel business. Today, we look at the rapidly evolving markets in the marijuana green rush in our Canna Business Chronicles. Welcome back, everyone. 32 after the hour and joining us today in Canna Business Chronicles, a great uh, female entrepreneur in the cannabis space. We got Maya Elizabeth with us. How you doing, Maya? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. And I don't know if you and I have ever met in person. I've done so many uh, High Times events, and I don't know if I've seen you at any of those, but I understand you're a multiple cup award winner. Absolutely. I've definitely been at many cup events, and maybe we may have met and maybe not. You know, I, I, it's weird how those things fade from my memory somehow. I don't know what could have happened. Uh, but anyway, glad to have, have you no here. idea. <laughs> Glad to have you here. And of course, uh, everybody knows now or is hearing about this fantastic company you start, started with Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi and Maya. Give us the, the basic elevator pitch of the company. What's going on? What are you guys involved with? I'm happy to. Um, it's, it's a line that's made for women on their moon cycle. It's everything a lady wants when it's that time of the month. So it's a medicated bath soak. It's a topical rub for your cramps, back, and joints. Uh, it's a liquid sublingual multi-herb tincture, and it's a raw cacao that's organic, vegan, gluten-free, and fair trade available in THC or CBD. Wow. You know, I ran into Rick Cusick at the Seattle Hemp Fest, and we got to talking a little bit about these things, and both of us were kind of surprised that it took as long as it did for there to be cannabis-based products based around this specific need. Tell us about Whoopi and you trying to, to, to embark on this, this niche that hasn't been fulfilled before. Sure. Um, well, first of all, cannabis is definitely a woman's ally when it comes to that time of the month. I know so many women that use it for relief. Um, this whole line was Whoopi's idea. She was inspired by Queen Victoria using a menstrual tincture during her time of the month. Mm -hmm. And she realized that there really is a need for this and there's nothing out there. And she approached Rick, who then started kind of scanning uh, his repertoire from high times and realized that we're a female collective that had won some awards and reached out. And we went from there. 
Wow. That, you know, and this is uh, the reason it wasn't surprising to me is because uh, I, like you, know many women. And in fact, my wife, my ex-wife, uh, uh, suffered from endometriosis, which I guess mm-hmm. is period cramps on steroids. And uh, we had to move to Oregon so she'd become a medical consumer. But what I'm fascinated about this is the expansion of this, because I think while some of us may be aware of the general idea that, yeah, you can use cannabis, it's pain relief, it relieves spasticity. And they're thinking mostly of, of, of smoking it or maybe vaporizing it. Tell us about these other particular products. And, and, and what was it like? How do you develop these kind of products? Sure. I'm so happy you asked. Um, well, first and foremost, smoking cannabis definitely helps with all types of pain. So that's always there for you. Um, our line is a little bit more about options. Um, it's a little bit more about privacy and really convenience. Uh, it's here to use in any combination and it's made for women to find relief. It doesn't need to take the place of whatever women might be doing already. It's here to make your life more comfortable and really to enjoy. The moment I hung up the phone with Rick, my very next call within two seconds was to my herbalist friend whose name is Alexis. My friend Alexis has had a moonline that does not have cannabis in it, but contains many healing herbs for women for years. And forever we had been talking about putting our medicines together. So her and I, for two of the four products, we made brand new recipes together and formulated new multi-herb formulas for the rub and for the tincture. The Epsom salt and the cacao were already two products that I was making in my company called Ohm Edibles. And I've already had so many testimonials from patients about the efficacy of these Epsom salt soaks and the chocolate. Um, So that's how we made up the four items. Excellent. Now, we have a question coming from our live chat room uh, that kind of explores the other side of this natural moon cycle. Uh, The question is, how about marijuana for menopause? Is there going to be products along that line? You know, I'm glad you said that. Uh, We've gotten a lot of testimonials and questions from women who are menopausal. And I will say that I do believe cannabis is a woman's best friend. Uh, I have heard many testimonials that women in menopause have been using the chocolate and the rub for discomforts associated with that. And I also know that it can be very friendly as a personal lubricant. Um, So I believe cannabis is a great tool for menopause. I know a lot of people out there listening uh, know quite extensively about Whoopi Goldberg, her career. She's one of the few people to win the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, uh, and Golden Globe for that matter. What's it like uh, for you uh, working with Whoopi and, and having to deal with and see and be around her kind of celebrity status and the way people treat her? First of all, she's amazing. I grew up watching her movies. I've always been a big fan. I'm not the type of person who's really starstruck. I don't own a television. Um, She is everything I hoped she would be and more. She continuously blows me away. I look up to her in such a big way as a mentor and a role model and really just an amazing person because she is an EGOT. In fact, she's a SheGOT, a woman, Emmy, (laughs) Grammy, Oscar, Tony and Golden Globe for that matter. She is down to earth. She's a medical patient herself. She uses cannabis for glaucoma. It really relieves her interocular eye pressure. She also uses topicals for her back. 
and she believes in doing service work through cannabis. So we're not here for the money. We're here for the miracles, and we're really happy to partake. Her and I align in such a beautiful way with our vision, and that's exactly why we're here doing this today. Uh, that's that's. I'm glad you brought that up. It's something I pay attention to as we're seeing more in celebrity involvement in in the cannabis industry is – who was there when we needed them? Who was there speaking out when it wasn't easy? And Whoopi always has been. She's always been pretty uh, clear about her cannabis use, even when it was kind of risky for her to say so with, you know, ABC, Disney and The View. I mean, that's that's some risky stuff. So I appreciate that uh, that she's got that uh, attitude. And, you know, I was thinking you said she got if we could get Rita Moreno involved in this, we could have two she gots on this. Wouldn't that be great? Beautiful. <laughs> now, uh, Maya, I wanted to ask you about the, the logistics of this because now you've got this great product and, and I've seen the packaging of it too. I wanted to mention that too, that it's just beautiful packaging. Uh, what's it like now trying to get it into the marketplace and how do you anticipate the upcoming Prop 64 will, will change that? Well, we've been blessed. We have an awesome sales team. We're currently almost to 100 dispensaries at this point. Um, our line is available to medical cannabis patients in California only because it does contain cannabis, so we don't ship. Uh, it's not available online. You really have to come here and see a doctor and walk into a dispensary that carries us. Um, people have been asking for it by request. Uh, we've gotten amazing testimonials. I just feel very, very confident about the quality of our product, and that's the same philosophy I use for every cannabis product that I make in both companies, um, is what you get in, what you get out. And so we rest on the foundation that we're using extremely high quality ingredients that are actually bringing patients relief and that actually work. And if you can do that, um, I think you're pretty much golden. So for the near future, it looks like you'll be, uh, the products will only be available in California. For right now, yes, we do hope to get to other states too. But for right now, we're just in California. Oh boy, we've got to get this uh, prohibition ended. I know so many people in so many states that would uh, that would love to have access to this product. We're speaking with Maya Elizabeth from the company Whoopi and Maya. They're making. Uh, what do you officially call the product line? I heard you say something about Moon Cycle. Is there an official? Yeah, it's um. You can call it a medical cannabis Moon line. You can call it a women's line, a menstrual line. Yeah, I heard someone refer to it. Uh, maybe it was Rick Cusick said menstrual marijuana product, and I thought, well, there we go. <laughs> that might that absolutely. Might That's yeah. And, and and as we as you're uh, uh, trying to you know, get this product out and get the information about this product out, how much difficulty is there in just kind of our societal taboo about talking about menstruation in general? It's so interesting. I never saw this coming in my wildest dreams. First of all, I'm not the person who was already into this kind of thing and decided to create it for myself. I'm just a lady who makes medicine. We're a female collective. I'm a cannabis fanatic. Um, but now that I've submerged myself into it and it's become my life, I've noticed so many things from a sociological standpoint. The first thing is people really don't talk about the period very much. And I wonder what our society would look like if men had a menstruation. Would we have paid time off? Would we have free supplies? Would there be lots of pharmaceuticals <laughs> to choose from and lots of bodies of scientific as evidence? And I've also found it's kind of like this double taboo white elephant in the room where all of a sudden you put cannabis in it and people are really talking about it. Hmm. 
Interesting. Uh, it's something that uh, I hope we get more information on and we get more of these products in, in, in the other states. I'm really excited that you guys are doing such a good job with this. Uh, I know the uh, the Twitter handle out there is at Whoopi and Maya, if you want to follow them there. Is it the same for .com and Facebook and such? We're WhoopiAndMaya.com. We are on Facebook as well and also Instagram. All right. Follow them in all those locations. Maya Elizabeth from Whoopi and Maya, we appreciate uh, what you're doing to expand the understanding and the reach of our medical cannabis products. Great job. Thank you so much. Any, anything else? Just hope everybody gets a chance to enjoy everything. Um, I often talk about how great the chocolate is for you and how great everything is for you. And I forget to mention that it's absolutely delicious <laughs> and divine and can be enjoyed in whatever way your creativity will allow you to. All right. Thank you, Maya Elizabeth, for joining us and uh, good luck with everything. Thank you so much. Best of luck. All right. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to head out to the Oregon State Fair, the first in the nation to ever display live cannabis plants. We're going live out there with Don Morrison Salem right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. The cannabis industry is growing. Business is booming. And as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. Today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Hello and welcome all you high-flying, die-trying, roll a Philly blunt for your friend, hempsters, every roach-smoking, bong-token, however you get your THC can enthusiasts, all you rebels, individualistic originals, and outside-the-box ganja warriors, you chunky monkey, cherry Garcia, munchy-loving hempsters, all you captive earth surfers, astral travelers, and ganja-loving canosaurs, all you high-flying, wide-smiling, ganja-rific cannabophiles, welcome to everyone except Donald Trump supporters, because that's how I really feel. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Hey everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome.
They say marijuana grows like a weed, but growing high-quality marijuana takes more than just throwing a seed in the ground. Join us as we speak with the most recognized cannabis horticulturists in the world and take your live grow questions in our Cultivator's Corner. All right, welcome back, everyone. It is 47 after the hour. We're reaching out to Salem, Oregon to connect with Don Morse, who is a part of the uh, Oregon State Fair that's going on down there. Don, do we got you? Yes. Hey, Don, thank How's you. How's it going, Russ? It's going great. It's probably going better for you. How are things at the fair? It's excellent. We have a huge crowd. Um, been a small line going into the exhibit all day long, so that's, that's nice. Uh, a lot of positive feedback from uh, the fairgoers and, and the people at the state fair themselves. Uh, so I think it's, it's going to be a positive thing for the next 11 days. Describe the exhibit for our listeners out there. How many plants? How big? Well, uh, the exhibit is uh, 50 feet long and 10 feet wide, and the grow house uh, uh, is uh, 20, 20 feet long by 10 feet wide. And inside, you'll find uh, eight of the nine award-winning plants, uh, the ribbon winners from the uh, growers' fair that was held two weeks ago. Uh, and they're all different sizes. Uh, the smallest, I think, is about three foot, and the biggest is about almost six feet. Yeah, it's as tall as I am. So. Wow. Uh, people are going. We have uh, gentlemen checking IDs, and uh, people go in one end of the greenhouse and come out the other. Wow. And these are non-flowering plants? Uh, correct. They are non-flowering plants. Next year, uh, we believe we'll be able to have flowering plants. This is, this is amazing. So first, second, and third place winners in Sativa, in uh, Indica, and in Hybrid. And uh, I understand that uh, we've got one of the... Do you have one of the growers there with you uh, to talk to? Uh, yes. He's right nearby here. Let me uh, find him. Just a second. We can find more of the results of this uh, Oregon State Growers Fair uh, available on weednews.co. I think I saw them got posted earlier today. Hello? Yes, hello. Uh, this is Russ Belville on Cannabis Radio. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Danny Grimm with Uplifted Farms. Oh, fantastic. So glad to hear from you. And uh, which ribbons did you win in the uh, grow competition? Uh, we won first place Indica, which is our granddaddy purple, and first place Sativa, which is our super sour diesel. Oh, wow. So uh, two first place ribbons, two out of the three first place ribbons that are given in the nation's first ever uh, state fair recognizing cannabis horticulture. How does it feel? Oh, it feels great, man. It feels great to be out here displaying our plants and uh, just being proud of what we do and uh Definitely uh, displaying our plants to just get people familiarized with cannabis and, and let people know that it's, uh, it's a good thing. How long have you been a cannabis grower, and, and how did you get involved? Uh, I've been growing cannabis for 12 years. Um, you know, I just started out as a medical patient and using it for my migraines and stuff and just found out that it's a, it's a great thing. It's a fun plant and a fun hobby, and, uh, you know, it just kind of sprouted from there. Did you get a chance there at the fair to interact with any other Farmers, you know, guys that are growing, I don't know, pumpkins or tomatoes or anything like that. Were there any talks like that? Uh, you know, not yet. I've definitely talked to a lot of people coming through here. Um, I haven't got to go over and dis and got a chance to go over and check out the other displays. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a cool thing. Are there any uh, any people there? Have you sensed anybody that's got a problem with it? 
No, not at all. No, everybody comes out of this, uh, they, you know, they walk through the display and check out the plants and it's just uh, nothing but smiles at the end. Yeah, that, that's remarkable. Well, congratulations on your win. And uh, are you uh, a commercial grower? Are you growing in the uh, in the medical or the recreational industry? Uh, right right now we're operating under OHA medical rules, and uh, we have applied for our OLCC license. We're just waiting for them to get back. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a lengthy process right now because they have so many uh, uh, applications coming in. So we're just kind of waiting our turn and uh, just uh, still operating under OHA. So. Okay, so uh, so you said uh, Granddaddy Perp was one of your uh, winning uh, blue ribbon winners. What's the other one? Uh, Super Sour Diesel. Oh. That would be the Sativa. Oh. Yeah. I love Super Sour D. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Oh, All right, so I'm looking to get some of this Granddaddy Perp or some of this Super Sour D. Where can I find it here in Oregon? Uh, you can find it at uh, Nature's Quest uh, here in Salem. You can find it at Seven Leaf Dispensary here in Salem. And you can find it at um, Cherry City Compassion. And then we'll be popping into a lot of the other uh, Portland stores as well. All right. Looking forward to that. So uh, how long does it, do you know how long the display uh, remains up there at the fair? Yeah, it's going on for, well, till the end of the fair, which is, I think, the 4th or the 5th of September. So it'll be like about 10 days here. Wow, that's remarkable. Uh, thank you so much uh, for everything you're doing. And uh, uh, if you give me back to Don Morse there, I appreciate uh, the time you've given us. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on one second. Yeah, it's amazing. Oregon State Fair, first time we've ever had uh, a state fair where there's public viewing of cannabis. Hi, Don. And I was just telling folks, it's, it's, it's non-flowering cannabis that they're taking a look at. But still, this is the first time in, in, in the nation's history. Uh, how much have you heard from, from national media on this story? Oh, my God. Right as we speak, there are people here from Denmark and uh, German papers. The German uh, media service is here doing an interview right now. Um, a news crew from Denmark. We, this morning we had a, a guy in from uh, France. Uh, and I've also heard from the BBC again. So there's definitely international interest in this, and it's, uh, the two different people were here from the AP earlier, one doing a, a video report and the other one doing a radio report. Uh, so I expect by tomorrow or Sunday that this will be all over the papers nationwide. Mm. Yeah, this is amazing. And uh, we were speaking uh, with the Blue Ribbon Grower earlier. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. What was his name again? Uh I'm not sure which one I, you were talking. Oh, oh, oh the the, Sorry. <laughs> the the blue ribbon winner for uh, indica and sativa. Ah, uh, I'll have to look on, it up. Uh, my apologies; <laughs> it was all going th- go by so fast I didn't write it down. But uh, we were talking to him, and he said this is uh, going to be a display that's up for what the next ten days. Uh, Danny Grimp is the grower, and yes, the Danny. fair is up for the next ten days. It it ends uh, on uh, Labor Day uh, about eight p.m. I think. Uh, so this is in Salem uh, at the state fairgrounds. Is there any sort of admission or parking fees? Uh, yes, they're charging for parking, and they do charge, I believe, it's $5 at the door for admission. Wow. And uh, are people allowed to take pictures with the plants? Oh, yeah. We're, we've invited people to take as many pictures as they want. Yeah, I'm sure there's a whole lot of selfies going on right now. Yep, it sure is. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be... Uh, a fun time, especially this weekend, as people come out and uh, we've had a lot of people show up asking, "Well, where where do I see the plant?" So they've already heard about it uh, mm. somehow, and uh, 
I think this is going to be one of the bigger attractions at this year's state fair. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, I was asking Danny about this, and I'll ask you: uh, Have you have you seen much? Uh, you know, crossover conversation. You know, I'm I'm imagining like a an old farmer who's been taking his prized pumpkins to the fair for 30 years, talking to some young buck who's a, a cannabis farmer. You know, swapping stories. Um, Is it, any of that going on? Uh, about an hour and a half ago, there was a conversation of that sort going on. Uh, more so, we see we're seeing a lot of people um, who are older. I would say the baby boomer generation or older that have never seen cannabis and they are just dying to take a look. Yeah. So, so I find that, um, you know, helpful to our mission statement of trying to educate the public and destigmatize the plant. So, uh, it'll, it'll remain to see how, if that stays, uh, you know, the course throughout the, the length of the fair, but we're hopeful. Among the, uh, I understand there's eight plants being displayed. Was there a problem with the ninth? Yeah, uh, apparently the grower lives down uh, very far down south and was not able to make it up today. We're hoping that he comes and drops it off tomorrow. Okay, okay. So uh, among the eight that are being displayed, is there a lot of um, you know visual distinction that is helping people understand differences between sativa and indica, for example? Yes, very much so. We've got people, uh, growers are in the, in the uh, greenhouse. And as people come through, uh, they are filled with all kinds of questions. And so uh, we're able to, you know, tell them uh, what the differences are and how the, they really want to know how the plants were judged, how they ended up to, to come here. Um, so there's a lot of interest in them. Yeah, that is. Uh, what are some of the uh, standards? Because, you know, these are non-flowering plants, so we're obviously not judging them on their effect. So uh, what were some of the standards? Well, we're treating this like, uh, you know, you would any other horticultural plant. Uh, so they were judged on leaf structure, spatial noting, uh, the overall shape and pruning of the plant, uh, the overall health of the plant, uh, the aroma. Uh, those were the things that, that Ed Rosenthal and, and the other judges were looking at, and they scored them on a scale of 1 to 10. And then we tallied everything up, and the winners were chosen. Wow, and uh, so not too dissimilar from how they judge the prize hog, right? Uh, that's it. It's called open judging, and uh, that's exactly how it was done. Uh, we had over 50 entrants this year, and judging from the interest we've already had, uh, we have a lot of a lot of growers coming by the booth asking me how I can enter my plant next year. Well, let's. So I think it's next Next year's fair will be huge. Yeah, let's get that information out. What sort of uh, contacts or websites do people need to know if they're interested in getting involved in the Oregon State Fair Cannabis Competition? Well, the competition will be uh, mid-August next year. And uh, what they should do is, is uh, periodically check out the OregonCBC.com website. That's Oregon Cannabis Business Council. And uh, we will be posting information as, as the plans and the dates become more definite. You know, we'll post the plans there. There'll be an online application that they can fill out. Uh, we'll be judging the same three, you know, sativa, indicated, and hybrid. And uh, all growers are invited to submit one of each uh, type. 
Well, that's fantastic. Check out Oregon CBC, like Cannabis Business Council, OregonCBC.com for more information. And Don Morse, longtime activist here in Oregon, we thank you for what you're doing and for giving us this live report from a, a national breaking news story. We appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you for having me, Russ. You have a good day. All right. Good day to you, too. That's all the time we got for hour one, folks. But stay tuned. There's plenty coming up in hour two. We're not done with this yet. And then after hour, after hour two, you get Stoner Jesus. Three live hours right here on CannabisRadio.com. In the next hour, we're going to hear from Vivian McPeak at the Seattle Hemp Fest and my look at the compassionate pricing of medical marijuana in California versus the greedy pricing of recreational marijuana in Washington. It's all coming up in hour two, Toker Talk Radio. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ, live from beautiful legal potland, Oregon. And until next time, take care of each other, Tokers! This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you giant, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people? On Where you can toke. I am here. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Potland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonta Graphics, the sultan of sativa statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome. It's hour two. It's Friday. Let's let loose what's left of our hair. Let it all hang down. <laughs> oh, I miss my hair. It's going to be a hell of a weekend this weekend in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. There's a Portland Normal meeting. So I'll be at the Portland Normal meeting in my capacity as the uh, retired founder 
I founded, I co-founded Portland Normal back in uh, January of 2015, and I retired in January of 2016. I put in a year, and that was it. Uh, <laughs> but I came to find was that uh, my uh, ability to dedicate myself to that level of activism, to the standard I had set with Oregon Normal, uh, wasn't going to be possible, man. I just, I'm out of town too much. I'm flying too much. I got too much going. So uh, it's not like I'm not doing activism. I'm just doing it in the media now. So it's kind of different. But I still have great fondness for Portland Normal. And uh, of course, we'll be there for their meeting and I uh, get to see everyone there. That'll be a great thing happening at the Analog Cafe tomorrow noon here in Portland. And then I've been talking, telling you all about this new weednews.co. I've been writing, I got, I've at least got eight or nine posts up now in the past two days <laughs> on weednews.co. My latest one on the Nevada Attorney General. I cannot believe, I cannot believe this fool said there's been many deaths and overdoses of children for marijuana edibles in Colorado. Many, he says, many documented cases, many reports, I think, I think his actual wording was, many reports of deaths. <sighs> Look, nobody's saying it's a good thing that the kid gets into the gummy bears, right? <laughs> that we, we're not wanting that to happen. That's not the goal, right? But uh, come on now. Come on now. Uh, it's, it's not even in the top 20 list of things you don't want kids getting into let me let me give you his actual quote here's here's the actual quote from this fool who's the top cop in nevada by the way here's the quote there's no provisions in this ballot initiative to keep edibles out of the hands of children for those who are not familiar with edibles marijuana is now infused in every product you can imagine there's pot soda there's something called pot tarts most of you have heard about pop brownies. There's also gummies, lollipops, you name it. Maybe they're tailored initially to adults, but we know they're going to get into the hands of children. There have been many reported deaths and overdoses from children that unknowingly ingested edibles. End quote. <laughs> really? <clears throat> it's funny because, you know, everybody who knows even the most simplest things about cannabis can tell you it doesn't kill people there's no overdose in 7,000 recorded years of human ingestion of cannabis not one fatal overdose it's not to say it's not harmless it's not to say it is harmless I should say it's not to say it's harmless because even you know especially if we're talking about the kid getting into the marijuana brownies look I'm I'm a professional pothead and I don't mess around with the edibles the metabolizing of THC through your gut is different than it is through your lungs. It's more psychoactive. It, instead of creating delta-9 THC, creates 11-hydroxy-THC. It's a more psychoactive substance. And since you're eating it, you don't get that immediate feedback. You don't know when you've had too much. Nobody who's advocating for marijuana legalization wants the kids to get all wrecked on gummy bears. In fact... Much of what motivates us is a desire to ensure these products are properly regulated, inspected, labeled, and sold only in stores that check IDs. However, eating too much of the bad, eating too much of the uh, pot brownie is a bad trip. It's not pleasant. 
And it's sometimes accompanied by vomiting and shaking and sweats. It's, it's not fun. I've, I've had it happen to me. But these kids are taken to the ER. They're monitored. They're calmed down. They're given some fluids. They're held for observation. And then they're released. There's no long-term detrimental effects. Hell, some of you are going to suffer a worse night after drinking this weekend. Hell, it's possible you might even die from it. But nobody's going to die tonight if they eat the pot brownie. Nevada's attorney general reminds me of that rehab doctor back in 2014 when the opponents of our Oregon marijuana legalization roped him in to this great marijuana debate. It was on our uh, recorded by our NBC affiliate KGW. Uh, This doctor also spouted off a line about marijuana edibles causing the death of five children in Colorado. (laughs) And I was in the audience and he was met by immediate and loud correction. (laughs) And it was so funny. He was forced to retract his statement in the news media the next day. And a Chiron, a little label admitting he was wrong was placed on the bottom of the debate broadcast when he made that statement, when it was broadcast later that uh, weekend on television. (laughs) So they had had to have a debate where the opponents were visually corrected (laughs) on the broadcast. And the other thing about these kids and the gummy bears getting into the pot-infused brownies, whatever, the numbers on these are so greatly inflated. Far more children are going to get into those newfangled laundry pods. You seen those things? Far more kids are going to get into those, and they're going to suffer some serious injuries. Far more than the kids getting into the pot gummies. We're still talking about a few dozen incidents, not a few thousand. And we really don't know how much this has increased or if it's increased at all. Because we can't really rely on our numbers from the past because there was prohibition. And if your kid got into your pot brownies, uh, you were less likely to admit that when you took him into the ER. Oh, I I think he got uh, food poisoning. That's what you're going to say. So I I think this is much ado about a little bit of something. Again, let's not let our opponents paint us as saying that this is a a nothing issue. There, there, there is an issue here. We need to we need to be smart and judicious and diligent about how we handle the edibles issue. Now, I think sometimes we go too far. I think Oregon here, where they've got a proposed five milligram serving size with a fifty milligram package limit, has gone a little too far. I'm a, I'm a daily cannabis consumer. And again, I don't really use the edibles much, but when I do, I need like 200 milligrams of that stuff, right? I'm a pretty heavy duty consumer here. So you're going to make me eat four chocolate bars or four brownies or whatever the hell it ends up being, uh, to get the effect I'm looking for, uh, with the added side effect of gaining weight. No, thank you. And what's going to make this worse is the medical patients who are going to make the legitimate argument that, hey, we can't be stuck with five milligrams and 50 in a package. We're medical patients, by God. We, some of us are using a gram a day, you know, a thousand milligrams, right? Some of us are some pretty high-end users. So they're going to get that. 
They're going to get that accommodation and it's going to get it set up so that these medical dispensaries will be selling the edibles that have 200 milligrams in them or, or whatever they set it at. And the recreational ones will only be selling the little 50 milligrammers. And now you've set up this artificial distinction. You've set up this incentivization to divert off the medical market these stronger goodies. You've just motivated me to go find my friend with a medical marijuana card and send him the dispensary with 50 bucks to bring me back something that'll actually work for me. And, and, and you know it's going to happen. You know that's what we're going to do. The, the, farther, the further along we take this separated market idea, the more we continue th- this incentivization for the very things that we're asking legalization to solve, like diversion to the black market. Now, eventually, this is going to have to just be one market with products available to to everybody. I mean, well, or maybe not. Maybe, you know, hell, think of prescription drugs, right? I can go get Tylenol over the counter at a certain strength. But if I want the heavy-duty Tylenols, I got to get a prescription for it. Maybe... Maybe we do end up with that kind of system. Maybe we will stuck, be stuck with the, the low-dose edibles at the recreational stores. I hope not. I, I don't think it's completely analogous, considering that high doses of Tylenol can kill you, and high doses of edible will not. And how far are we going to bend over and twist and contort ourselves to try to find the perfect solution that ensures that no child ever eats a a, a medicated gummy bear, how far are we going to go and how many adult rights and choices are we going to take away to get there? Because we don't seem to be doing that with the laundry pods. We're all cool with the laundry pods, despite them poisoning thousands of kids. Nah, it's just stuff I like to think about. Someday we cannabis consumers will be treated as equals. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got a brief chat (laughs) with Vivian McPeak at Seattle Hemp Fest last weekend. It's our last Seattle Hemp Fest uh, highlight for the week, and uh, it it gives you a good idea of exactly how busy this guy is during the three days of Seattle Hemp Fest. I'm Radical Russ. We're back right after these messages. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. (sighs) Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase. And it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. You know, during Dance with the Stars, I started feeling discomfort. 
Yeah. And not only that, I was doing these old man smells. And yeah. it was kind of embarrassing because, you know, the, all the Dancing with the Stars crew, cast and crew, you know, they were all young kids. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, this old guy would come along and do one of those silent farts, you know, that you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. And all of a sudden you smell, and everybody go, what the hell smells? And, you know, and you knew it was me. And, and so I'd scurry off to the bathroom, you know. And that's when I knew that there was something wrong. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on Cannabis. Radio.com. Welcome to my world. Are you playing an acoustic guitar but want to be louder without an amp? Try a resonator guitar. The fingerboard extension has national resophonic and other resonators, square necks and round necks. Stop by the fingerboard extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Go wild hog in the woods. Warning, hits taken on this show are larger than they appear. Do not try this at home. These people are professionals. <coughs> or at least they pay me to say that. This is the Rush Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. 15 after the hour, and uh, to conclude this segment, before we head off into our 420 break, we got a chance to sit down with Vivian McPeak, the executive director of the Seattle Hemp Fest, backstage at the main stage. The guy has been putting on the Seattle Hemp Fest for 25 years, and we'd like to see it be a 26. Go to hempfest.org or gofundme.com slash keephempfestalive. Make a donation so that you, too, can join us in Seattle's Myrtle Edwards Park. Good day, tokers and tokeheads and non-toking lovers of liberty. Radical Russ here for day two of the 25th anniversary Seattle Hemp Fest. And I managed to snag the man himself, Vivian McPeak, the executive director of Seattle Hemp Fest and the host of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Hi, Viv. Hey, Russ. How are you doing, my brother? I got to say, yesterday was a lot drier than last year. Yes, yes, we had a, a, an extremely uh, high amount of humidity, higher than the people at Hempfest, even. <laughs> I know. Um, and now it seems like trial by fire, so it's either feast or famine, my brother, my radical bro. Oh, uh, yeah, and so Seattle Hempfest 25th anniversary. Tell us uh, about uh, this momentous occasion, man. What's it like? What's it feel like? Well, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy. Uh, we're going to have 120 bands on six stages with 120 speakers, 400 arts, crafts, food, informational vendors. Uh, a thousand volunteer staff members on 118 crews and over 100,000 attendees we project over the weekend. And we're just raging against the drug war, man, uh, trying to get some freedom and some justice here. You know, some people out there are like, well, hey, you know, they got legal weed in Washington State. What's right. the point of Seattle Hemp Fest? Right. Yeah, I got a, I got a couple answers to that. First of all, leads, weed's not legal federally, and uh, God forbid President Trump or yeah. President Clinton, <laughs> I know, could undo it in like a week. It could be yeah. over, right? Yeah. Um, and so we got to remember that. And, and somebody's getting busted right now, obviously. Somebody somewhere is being pulled over right now. Their life's going down the drain. Uh, and, and we have a 25-point platform agenda on our website on the media page explaining uh, the 25 goals that we're still working towards, including descheduling cannabis completely off the Controlled Substances Act. Um, you know, things like Second Amendment rights for gun owners so they can have cannabis in a gun. Uh, sick children being able to get their, me- their cannabis medicine in schools. 
you know, people in public housing being able to smoke pot, things like that. Yeah. Um, so there's still a lot of work to do, man. We are not in any way, shape, or form done. Yeah, I, I often say, look, they passed the Civil Rights Act. Do you think that ended the battle? And, and the other thing, Russ, <laughs> in, in Germany every year, they have, like, I, I, I hear almost a million people celebrate Oktoberfest, yeah. uh, celebrating the culture of beer every year. Well, beer's always been legal in Germany. Why shouldn't us stoners... Us cannabis enthusiasts, a better word, have the ability to have our own cultural festivals in every city, uh, in every town, uh, ourselves, even long after legalization is normalized. Seattle Hemp Fest is always, as I read in the uh, uh, festival guide, grassroots to the ass roots. Thank you. Yes, I, I made that up. That's beautiful. And, uh, you know, every year it's a struggle just to get everything paid for. This year, more than others, because last year we lost a third of the whole event. That rained like torrential. Not a single band played, not a speaker spoke yeah. on Friday. We had no event on Friday. Yeah. Even for Seattle, it yeah. rained like harder than I've ever seen in 35 years, just about. Um, and it cost 850000 bucks, three quarters of a million dollars, to throw this event. Uh, it's free. We can't charge money. We're a constitutionally uh, f- protected free speech event. Uh, and last year, we got an average of 46 cents uh, for the weekend from our attendees in the donation bins. Now, we raise money a variety of other ways, uh, selling, you know, vending and sponsorship and stuff. But 46 cents, we need people to contribute to HempFest. We're going to not be around. Yeah, so how can they do that? Well, they can go to the website. They can go to GoFundMe, uh, HempFest slash GoFundMe.com. But i got to right. go rest. i got to Got to go. Busy man. There's Vivian McPeak from Seattle HempFest. We're doing it live. He's got to run right back up onto the stage there. <laughs> Check him out on uh, Hemp Present with Vivian McPeak on CannabisRadio.com. HempFest.org, you'll be able to find the uh, donations. Also on GoFundMe.com slash KeepHempFestAlive. I'm Radical Russ backstage. <laughs> Going to amount to Jack Squat! <laughs> hey, everybody, it's 420 here in the Pacific Time Zone on a Friday. On the day before, I get to go see Ice Cube and Duran Duran just blocks away from me on the waterfront. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good weekend. I hope it's a good weekend for you, too. Enjoy this safety meeting. We'll be back with some. Uh, some freestyle ranting. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Hey, this is Willie Nelson for Norman. And I smoke pot and I like it a lot. I learned a long time ago that marijuana is a lot safer than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with the responsible use of marijuana by adults. It's time we stopped arresting and started respecting those who smoke marijuana responsibly. To learn what you can do to help, contact Normal at NORML.org or call toll-free 888-67-NORMAL. The Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. The National Wildlife Refuge for Marijuana Unicorns. Don't want to spend money on a night out, but don't know what to do other than watching TV or playing video games? Consider playing guitar, bass, banjo, or mandolin. 
The instrument will give you hours of entertainment with friends with minimal expense. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. 23 after the hour here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon, where uh, once again, we are facing the specter that rises from the bowels of cannabis activism every election cycle. I'm talking about, of course, the stoners against legalization. That's right. (laughs) They're back, folks. This 2016 election, of course, is one of the most pivotal elections in marijuana reform history. We got a record 10 states voting on reform measures. Florida, Arkansas, North Dakota, Oklahoma, and Montana We'll be voting on medical marijuana, but more significantly, California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine will be voting for adult marijuana legalization. Well, except for that diehard group of marijuana aficionados who will be voting along with the cops, the rehabs, the drug testers, the prison guards, and other opponents of legalization like Kevin Sabet to defeat those measures. And I call them Stoners Against Legalization. This is the fifth election cycle where this phenomenon has reared its ugly head. And it's a combination of a few factors. One of them is I got's mine. This is where the people and industries in the states with medical marijuana are fearing the loss of their market share. Medical marijuana, especially in California, creates the perfect equilibrium for growers and sellers where marijuana is prohibited just enough to remain expensive, but it's legal enough to avoid prison. Another is, it's a trap! These are the uh, paranoids who believe that legalization is actually a way to manufacture more marijuana arrests. Somehow, when everyone is legal to carry an ounce and grow a few plants, cops will bust more people for over an ounce and too many plants, or for driving stone, or for public toking. And often, these people will point to the initiative at punishments that are listed that are merely duplications of what the punishment already is, as if it's something new in the law, which it is not. And then, of course, for the purists, for the purists, the point is, it's not true legalization, This is the idea that we should reject some measure of marijuana liberty because there will still exist some criminal laws on marijuana. For some, legalization only really happens when it's as legal as alcohol, like no purchase limits. Uh, For the truly pure, though, legalization doesn't happen until we treat it like tomatoes. The, The people I like to call tilters who actually think we would treat a psychoactive substance the same way we would a tomato. (laughs) 
And then for some people, the problem is, what about the patients? And this can sometimes be a legitimate fear that wholesale changes in the way we handle marijuana are going to upset the ability of patients to acquire marijuana in the amount and frequency that they need. But nowhere are the stoners against legalization more vocal than in California. California gave birth to the movement in 2010, culminating in that no on Prop 19 demonstration in front of Oaksterdam campaign headquarters on election day. Stoners, cannabis consumers, standing with cops and other opponents to defeat the first good shot at marijuana legalization we'd had. Their primary concern was that Prop 19 was a scheme cooked up by Richard Lee to enrich his Oakland marijuana empire. It was a monopoly grab that would hike the price of pot and and leave others out in the cold. They also complained that the personal grow limits of a 5 by 5 garden were a trap because nobody could grow in that small of a canopy, so cops would constantly be busting people for overgrowing. Now, never mind that uh, Richard Lee, a wheelchair-bound paraplegic, had come up from the grassroots and helped supply medical marijuana to thousands of patients. Never mind that his Oaksterdam University contributed a wealth of knowledge that helped foster the top growers in the nation. Never mind that Richard Lee bet almost his entire fortune by putting $1.5 million into the campaign. Nope. To the stoners against legalization, Richard Lee was, was an enemy to be as reviled as any narcotics cop. The no on Prop 19 people told us it wasn't true legalization. They told us it's a trap designed to help cops arrest tokers. But the truth was, they had a case of I got's mine. Evidenced by the drubbing Prop 19 took in the Emerald Triangle, the commercial marijuana growing counties in California. The stoners against legalization told us that a far better chance at legalization would come around in 2012. Well, now it's 2016, and the far better chance at legalization has finally arrived, only four years late. But the stoners against legalization are out again, with virtually the same dire predictions as 2010. Grabbing some ink these days is stoner against legalization Steve Cubby. He insists that Prop 64, quote, does not legalize marijuana, end quote, despite it clearly legalizing the possession of an ounce, the home production of six plants, the possession of the harvest, the sharing of marijuana with other adults, the purchase of marijuana from stores, and potentially the use of marijuana at private clubs. But that's not true legalization. Cubby complains that Prop 64 creates tougher punishments for people who possess more than an ounce. Well, that's just not true. The current punishment for possession of an over an ounce in California is a misdemeanor with six months, which becomes a felony with 16 months to three years if you can prove intent to deliver. Under Prop 64, the possession penalty is a misdemeanor with six months for over an ounce, just like it is now. No different. Exactly the same. Completely equal. Not different. And the possession with intent, the one that's a felony with 16 months to three years under current law, drops to a misdemeanor 
under Prop 64. So not only does it not get worse for people over an ounce, it gets better for people over an ounce. In fact, every penalty for marijuana violations under Prop 64 is equal to or less than the current punishment except one. There is one thing that gets worse under Prop 64. Smoking pot where tobacco smoking is banned. You get caught smoking in a non-smoking zone and your ticket goes up from $100 to $250. (laughs) Really? That's going to be your deal breaker? Uh, A a public smoking in a non-smoking zone, right? Not just they caught you, you know, just smoking walking down the street, but it has to be specifically a place where tobacco smoking is banned is now going to be a $250 fine. But you do get to have a legal ounce on you and you get to grow six plants and you get to harvest all of the marijuana from those plants and keep them at the house and you get to share it with your friends and you get to go to pot shops and you can uh, start a business and get a license and become part of this uh, $6.5 billion marijuana industry. But yeah, $250 ticket. That's a deal breaker. Now, there is one issue. There is one issue in Prop 64 I will give some ground on, and that is something I've got a problem with. The addition of a 15% excise tax on marijuana plus a $9.25 per ounce harvest tax that must be paid by both recreational and medical consumers. I don't got a problem with it on the recreational side, but adding 15% plus $9.25 to a $300 ounce adds about $55 to the cost of that ounce for a patient. However, it's still not a deal breaker for me. Because the resulting economy of scale and competition that will evolve in the cultivation space in California will drop the price so low that even with the additional taxation, marijuana will be far cheaper in just a couple of years than it is today. I I give you this from history, man. Among Washington State's stoners against legalization in 2012, one of their dire predictions was that marijuana was going to end up costing $600 an ounce. And actually, for a brief time, those kind of prices were realized. There were too few retailers and too little supply, and we ended up with 30 and $35 grams. But now, as the supply side has worked itself out, we've got more producers. We're finding that the average retail price for a gram of marijuana is below $10. And that's with the state's highest in the nation, 37% excise tax, and state and local sales taxes ranging from 6 to 9%. In fact, in Washington State, if you're buying at the ounce level, in some places you can find deals for less than 50 bucks. So as this recreational market expands in California, it has to compete with the rest of the West Coast market that already has a four and a two-year head start, you know, Washington and Oregon respectively. If the grow regs and taxation become too onerous in the Emerald Triangle, then the growers will move to Southern Oregon. If the prices get too high in Portland, well, the consumers will cross the river into Vancouver, Washington. If the recreational pot is too much of a hassle and expense, patients everywhere will just keep renewing their medical marijuana recommendations. I truly think the price of marijuana in California could drop to as low as $150 an ounce after the passage of Prop 64. And, of course, the time it takes to get the commercial operations running. 
Then, when California in 2020 opens up the mega grow licenses, the prices are going to drop even further. Even if the price of an ounce with tax only drops to 250 bucks, it's still cheaper than the cost of an ounce on the uh, current menu at Oakland's Harborside Health Center. I just, I got no patience for anybody out there that wants to stand along Kevin Sabet and vote to keep me a criminal. There is nothing so flawed about any of these marijuana measures on the ballot that deserve your vote against them. Nothing in these ballot measures that can't be improved upon later. But as Debbie Goldsberry says, these things can be improved. Prohibition is terminal. We'll be back with more on this, plus a look at the prices in compassionate California versus greedy Washington. Next. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. Hey, this is Tommy Chong. This is Ray Dawn on the other mic. Yes, the eldest. Awesome. And we saw, it was called uh, Dying to Know. It's a love story between Ram Dass and Tim Leary. Yeah, the gay Jew and Tim. <laughs> but he wasn't gay when he was a professor. He didn't know. Yeah, that must have been a shock to his wife. <laughs> the one time he, like, met a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. The Russ Belleville Show reminds you to never smoke and drive impaired. Hang out for a while and share. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Hello, Mr. Man. Hi. I'm doing, I'm, I'm working. I'm sorry. No food till this is done. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Aw, made me sad. That was my little dog, Roscoe. I lost Roscoe in the divorce. 
He's now in Florida. I told my ex-wife, you keep him away from the gators. I will not have my little dog eaten by a gator. (laughs) Oh, happy Friday, everybody. Just relaxing, unwinding, enjoying the day here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon. And continuing our look at the stoners against legalization, because I've been writing for WeedNews.co, the new uh, company I'm a part of. And I hope you check us out at WeedNewsCo on Twitter and Facebook and Pinterest and all that kind of stuff. And uh, WeedNews.co. There is a WeedNews.com, and it's some website that somebody's just using the, the address to get. It's for like their referral page for medical doctor, medical marijuana doctor, some crap like that, right? So we got weednews.co because, you know, we're stoners. We didn't have the time to add the M on the end. Who needs the M? Anyway, weednews.co, please check it out. And no sooner had I posted my Stoners Against Legalization piece today than I get on Facebook and I got a response from a longtime California activist. (laughs) And I'll, I'll try and read it to you. It's hard to read. But it's a perfect example of this anti-Prop 64 hysteria. Here we go. I'll see if I can read it. I'll tell you what, bro. If you just want to give up your break, go ahead. Prop 64 passes. It's an ultimate takeover of cannabis, just like they did with cigarettes and tobacco. You won't be able to grow any, so it don't matter where you live once it passes in California. Five years later, you won't find it except for in a cigarette store from Philip Morris. So enjoy your Philip Morris pot. And I don't know if you're even registered to vote in California, but if you are, I hope you don't. No, but you thought, yes, that's cool. It's because of Prop 215 was about compassion. Prop 16 is about greed and you fall right in there cool bro have a great day yes i there are no commas or periods <laughs> in that entire screed and never mind that philip morris has been called altria for the past 13 years this breathless rant from this stoner against legalization is just a distillation of the long-standing fear within the marijuana community that, that predates legalization. It predates medical marijuana. Hell, it even predates decriminalization. I mean, thus the antiquated Philip Morris reference. And that nightmare is the nightmare of corporate marijuana. Yeah. Corporate marijuana. Stoner lore has long predicted that the evil cigarette corporations would pounce on the cannabis industry once legalization took hold. Stoners will point to unearthed documents from the tobacco lawsuits that showed those corporations examining the potential of the marijuana cigarette market if there was legalization and analyzing how their manufacturing infrastructure could adapt to cannabis. Now, to this point, there is a kernel of truth. Indeed, if you're a big cigarette manufacturer, you're, you've already got mass production rolling machines. You've got existing packaging machines. You've got the distribution logistics worked out. You'd already have incredible marketing muscle and the kind of capital to dominate the market. To which I ask, so what? See, this stoner against legalization is trying to tell me, quote, I won't be able to grow any, end quote. When we pass Prop 64, which establishes a right to personal home grow of six plants indoors that no locality can ban. So 
it actually allows for more personal grows because you don't have to be a patient to grow anymore. And the California localities that are currently banning indoor home medical marijuana grows won't be able to ban any indoor home grows anymore. Now, yes, after 2020 in California, there are going to be mega grows. There are going to be companies mass producing standard weed cigarettes. You know, just like Imbev, a multinational conglomerate, pumps out billions of barrels of Budweiser. And yet, at least here in Portland, right across the street, I can get growlers full of locally brewed beer of far superior quality to Budweiser from at least 30 different taps. Or, if I want to, I can brew gallons of my own beer at home. So so why is weed going to be any different than beer? I say go ahead. Let these companies try and mass produce swaggy marijuana cigarettes. I'm not going to smoke them. You going to smoke them? I'm going to be shopping from whomever produces the best product at the lowest price. Now, if, if somebody else wants to smoke swag and drink Bud Light, well, who am I to stop them? Look, we've had... 80 plus years of the full force of prohibition to try and stop us. And it has failed. The threat of SWAT teams and prison didn't stop us from growing when we could have zero plants. How is life going to be any worse when we can legally grow six of them? Oh, wow. Now, wait a minute. I know how it gets worse. If you've been growing your plants and selling the harvest to dispensaries at prohibition inflated prices, being the big fish in the small pond, thanks to a lack of capitalized competitors and regulations, yeah, I guess it really would suck if the price of a wholesale pound dropped from, say, $1,200 to $120, and it really would suck if you had to compete in an open market, wouldn't it? Prop 215 was about compassion and Prop 64 is about greed, this stoner against legalization tells me. Really? So I decided to take a look at what the compassionate prices for marijuana are in California, since Prop 215, of course, was all about compassion. So I looked up Harborside Health Center in Oakland, California, the largest dispensary, so so claimed, uh, in the world, a longtime leader and pioneer in medical cannabis distribution, right? The biggest and the best, the Walmart of weed, if you will. So I took a look at their prices today on their website, and you can follow the links. I've got this piece written up there at, uh, at uh, weednews.co. I found the compassionate price for patients today to purchase 3.5 grams or what we old timers call an eighth to purchase an eighth of OG Kush at Harborside in Oakland today is $45, $45. And that's the pre-tax price. I've actually shopped at Harborside and I remember this buying something. And then afterwards there was money added on top of that because there was taxes to go with it too. So that's the pre-tax price, $45 for an eighth. That same 45 bucks, you take it up I-5 right across the Oregon border into Vancouver, Washington. 
that same 45 bucks in Vancouver, Washington at Main Street Marijuana is going to cost is going to get you a quarter of OG Kush. And that's with the tax added in. And that's the nation's highest 37% tax plus a 6 to 9% state and local tax burden. And I think in in Vancouver it's something like 8 total. So 45% in taxes added in gets you a $45 quarter of OG Kush in Washington state under the greed of I-502. But under the compassion of Prop uh, 215 in California, that same 45 bucks just gets you an eighth and you got to pay taxes on top of it. So don't tell me about compassion. Don't tell me about your care and concern for the patients, if the model you're supporting is going to maintain $300 an ounce pricing, that doesn't sound very compassionate to me. The most compassionate thing we could do for patients is to flood the market with so much recreational marijuana, so many growers, so many outlets, that the price of marijuana drops to something like 20 bucks an ounce, 50 bucks an ounce maybe with the taxes. That's where we start seeing compassion for patients, getting the medicine down to a cost where it can actually be afforded by people on limited incomes. Hell, the big story going on right now is how everybody's up in arms about EpiPens. You know EpiPens? You know, for the guys that have like the peanut allergies or they're allergic to bees or whatever, and if they get that allergy, they go into anaphylactic shock, they they seize up and they die. And so this EpiPen, man, this little thing you can just zap it right into your leg, saves your life. Well, that company or that, 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 uh, that, that patent was recently bought by a U.S. company that then jacked up the price 400% for this life-saving EpiPen. So the biggest scandal from, from EpiPen to pharma bro Martin Shkreli has been all about how the capitalist market in healthcare is unscrupulously jacking up the prices on the consumers who need these life-saving drugs. Meanwhile, we're legalizing marijuana and it's dropping the price of a life-saving medicine for people. It's not medical marijuana that got those prices down. Hell no. Prices for medical marijuana have been pretty consistent. Pretty consistent and pretty uh, a consistent correlative to what the prices are in the black market. So it's not medical that's done the compassionate job of getting the prices down for patients. It's going to be legalization. I'm already seeing specials, $79 ounces, $99 ounces, $45 a quarter, $50 a half, all sorts of specials out there. And as we open up mega grows and as we open up far bigger greenhouse grows and outdoor grows, that's what's going to get the price down. That's what's going to help patients more than any stoner against legalization is going to help. Now, folks, what they're concerned about here isn't that you're not going to be able to grow any. Their concern is that they're not going to be able to sell any. And I'm sorry if you've I get this, oh, but they're, you know, family growers who've been growing for three generations and they're supporting their kids and their family. 
Yeah, and I'm sure that a, a, a lot of slave auctioneers back in the 1800s supported their families off of their jobs, too. Sure, a lot of buggy whip manufacturers had to adjust how they were going to feed their kids after the automobile was invented. Times change, and nobody deserves to make a living based on the suffering and the and the abrogation of liberty, the stealing of liberty from from peaceful citizens. I'm sorry, I, I can't get behind that. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry, one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Georgia. Hi, this is Willie Nelson. Alcohol prohibition didn't work in the 1920s, and marijuana prohibition isn't working today. It's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. It's the fair thing to do. For more information, contact Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at norml.org. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I opted for convenience to use my personal email account. Okay, maybe you're high too. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The Law Office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Uh, I have a package here for Radical Rick. Is there a Radical Rick here? How about a Rick Russ? Any any Rick Russ? Somebody named Freddie Barack has sent him a package. Anybody? What is that? Sounds like a scum. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. 53 after the hour with a quick reminder to stay on the stream because coming up at the top of the hour, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, it's the Stoner Jesus Show. Not safe for work, but uh, definitely hilarious. So checking out the chat room, and I did get a comment on the chat room that it's a good comment. Points out that maybe that's not fair of me to compare Main Street Marijuana in Vancouver to Harborside in Oakland because Harborside 
I'm told, tends to be an expensive place to shop and that there's cheaper places to shop in California. And I was specifically recommended uh, to check out Spark SF, S-P-A-R-C-S-F, uh, in San Francisco on uh, Mission Street, I think. And so I did, and that because that's a perfectly valid complaint, and it's also valid because Main Street Marijuana is got some of the lowest prices in Washington, right? I'm not comparing to Uncle Ike's in Seattle, for example, but it was just two of them that I picked up, and they both were selling OG Kush, and so and with one of them selling it, you know, Harborside forty five and eighth compared to Vancouver's forty five a quarter, made for a very compelling narrative. But but you're right, I should be more open and check out some other locations. So I, I'm on the menu of Spark SF, SF right now, and I can actually find two strains on their menu page of what, they had 22 in stock today, something like that? No, more than that. But uh, anyway, out of what they got in stock today, I did find two strains. They came in at 45 bucks a quarter. Now, I don't think this is with tax, so it'd still be cheaper in Vancouver. But there is some Black Lime Reserve, a sativa-dominant hybrid, for 45 bucks a quarter. And where's that other one? There, chem dog. Some chem dog for uh, 45 a quarter. Another sativa dominant hybrid. Uh, so there, there, are, there are some values, I guess, in San Francisco. And then I found a couple other strains. There's a couple that are 65 a quarter. Fire OG, chocolate hashberry. Some 55 a quarter for some green goddess. Some headband at 55 a quarter. So the prices aren't awful. $200 ounces. On those guys, $170 ounces on the Black Lime Reserve, the other $45 uh, quarters. So, yes, prices price is better than you're going to find at Harborside for sure. But still, not prices as low as what you'll find in the Pacific Northwest. I think as time goes on, Oregon is going to become a focus of a lot of this. In that we are going to have, I think, the best production, the lowest prices, the most open market that has so far been decided in this state. Like Washington State, they're trying to limit exactly how much state canopy, exactly how many retailers they're going to be. Nevada's legalization, when it passes, is going to control distribution through the existing liquor uh, distributors. Uh, Arizona is going to limit it to one a uh, pot shop for every 10 uh, liquor license. I think Massachusetts has some other limitation like that and so forth. So eventually we'll start to look at Oregon as, all right, what happens when we do let there be, because Oregon's not limiting the licenses. If you qualify, you can get a license. If you can find a place to put up your shop, you can put up your shop. And we're going to see how that type of laissez-faire, and I think it's not exactly laissez-faire because there's a lot of regulations, but how that more open-ended approach is going to pan out compared to these more closed market, more uh, centrally controlled market, Soviet-style economies are going to run. I predict Oregon will have the cheapest weed prices in the nation, and that competition is going to start to drive down the prices elsewhere. There's nowhere to go but down. Folks, that's all the time I got for today, but stay on the stream. You'll hear silence for a few seconds while we get it transferred over from beautiful legal Potland, Oregon, all the way up to stony heaven, so you can enjoy the Stoner Jesus Show. For everyone here at CannabisRadio.com, I'm Radical Russ. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Until that time, take care of each other, tokers.
This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seat, you're 